1: Welcome back, Pods fans, to another episode of Ring the Bell Pods Talk. Nick Kreider here, and I'm joined, as always, by the three-time all-star Heath Bell. And on this episode, we're actually going to run it back to a live stream that we did with a good friend of the show, Born and Nazari of Hogwatch. And we're just going to play that audio because it touches on all of the off-season things that we want to talk about, a little bit of a recap of this season, and pretty much just an off-season primer. So that'll suffice as this episode... Hope that everyone here has a great Thanksgiving with their family and is surrounded by love. And maybe we make some great moves for winter meetings.
2: Welcome, everybody, to a special off-season Padres Primer. I'm Borna, AK Hogg, alongside Nick Kreider of the Believe in Network and a special, special guest. today. We got Heath Bell, former three-time All-Star of the San Diego Padres. Gentlemen, should be a good one today. How's everybody doing?
1: Doing pretty good. Feeling good, feeling great. It's
2: uh, it's it's a crazy time to be a Padre fan, man. What what a run this year was, but you know we we want a little more. We we got into the red zone, got to near the goal line, couldn't quite get the job done. So AJ Preller, Peter Siler and company have you know lots to do this off season, and guys, that already started, you know. With with a nice bang, bringing back Nick Martinez and Robert Suarez, I think we should first just talk about those two signings. I think it's important that the Padres didn't lose some of those core guys who you know carried them for much of the postseason. Martinez and Suarez, to name a few. You know, you know, Nick, I'd say I'll start with you. Talk about maybe how important you know bringing back Martinez and Suarez were. Those guys, when Clevenger and Mania weren't kind of carrying their bargain, were just carrying this team in October.
1: Nick Martinez talk about the Swiss army knife. I mean, he did it all season for us. Um, a guy that I think also was a glue guy in the locker room. I know that Heath can probably attest to having a guy like that in the locker room is very important to a team that could always bring good vibes and kind of bring that cheer to a team whenever they're feeling down. But he was a goofball at the same time he got his job done. And then Suarez, I mean, the, the sensational story that he had being a rookie 31 years old coming over from Korea, um, or, or, um, Japan, excuse me. And, and kind of just being lights out. Um, it's a huge contract. I, I you know, I'm not hundred percent sure sold on how big that contract is because Massive. a guy can get lucky one season. He's got to prove that he can do it every season. So Heath, I'm interested to think about what, what, uh, interested to hear what you think about the contract.
0: Uh, well, Suarez was dominant last year. I mean, especially during the playoff run um, it's a huge gamble to give him that big of a contract after pretty much, you know, I'd like to say half a year. Um, is he going to be your guy? Is he going to be your closer for here year on out? I mean, he, he didn't lock down the last inning, you know um, he wasn't the main guy. So we had, uh, we had Nick, we had a bunch of other guys in the, you know, to close it out and it's different to pitch in the eighth inning to the ninth inning I do like seeing Nick come back. Nick, like you said, he's a uh, Swiss army knife. He started, he closed, he middle relieved, did basically whatever you asked him to do. And he's just an all around great guy. So that was a great, but um, Robert, it's just, uh, I, I, there's, you know, the ceiling's high. I hope he does really well. And I hope the contract pans out, but Small that's, sample really, size. that's one of the things, like I would have waited one more year and, um, before let's just see how can he close out, be the la- the guy that comes in the last three innings. So, um, I, I like what the Padres have done so far, but really what does the Padres need, you know, for next year? What, when we went to the playoffs, what did we lack? You know, that's what, um, I hope AJ is thinking, what did we lack and not, how can I piece it together the cheapest way possible? Um, you know, I was saying for the last couple of years, we need starting pitching. Starting pitching started out hot this past year, fell off, and then ended pretty hot. So I really think we need a key one. You know, Joe Musgrove's a great guy, and so is you Darvish, but we don't have a bona fide number one guy. And that's my biggest pet peeve with the Padres right now is we don't have a number one. We could go out and get like DeGrom, I think would be perfect for the Padres. I know we've talked, I know uh, there's been interesting talks about the Japanese guy. I probably butcher his name every time I say it. So Senga, Senga, but it's the, so it's just one of those things. We need a true number one. We need a guy that go out there that people actually put, you know, putting fear in some other people's bats. You know, they're like, Oh geez, we have DeGrom today. Or we have so-and-so today. Senga is going to be like, okay, let's see what he's got. You know, it's going to take a year for him to really, Put any fear in anybody's eyes, and I think that's where the Padres lack right now is starting pitching, and we just we we need to go out and get a bona fide number one guy.
2: You know, I don't I don't know I don't know about that. I mean, I I think they got three guys who are. Really, really solid and they've proved that they can carry a team. My bigger concern with the Potters is not necessarily getting an ace, but it's it's more so addressing the depth uh, of the starting rotation, because I think when we look at it, I don't I think we take it for granted that Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, and you Darvish, they stayed healthy all of last year and you can't guarantee that's going to happen again. And they were one of those guys going down away from probably not making the postseason because remember this team was fighting tooth and nail just to get into the dance right so i I, you know i i think getting a sangha you know provides depth because we have to take a look at game four is the perfect sample. game four is the perfect example of the nlcs that showed all the padres flaws and why they couldn't get to the world series number one is they didn't have the requisite depth You know, in their starting pitching, they had to go with Shamanaya or Mike Clevenger, two guys who did not have good second halves, and they had no choice. And what had happened? The Padres put up what six, seven runs that game, but they they allowed eleven. So. You know, I think it. it, I think it's cool getting an ace, right? Like you know, like a Carlos Rodon or like a Jacob Degrom. I just think I don't know if it's going to be as possible. If it's going to be as possible, Nick, it's probably going to be via the trade market, right? Somebody that that Preller would rather not give a hundred plus million dollars to, and instead maybe trade for a Corbin Burns, maybe trade for a Shane Bieber, one of those headline guys that 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 Heath was, you know, was talking about. You know, they could go the free agent route, but then what do you do with Snell and Darvish who are free agents next year?
0: Well, yeah, you kind of, you let him go. I mean, you, are you going to try to build the dynasty here? Are you going to try to go for it next year? I mean, that's what's, what's the direction because, you know, starting pitching, I mean, Clemager came from Cleveland and we were all high hopes for him and he got hurt, but then, you know, he had a bad year, but everybody, you know, if you really look at what was a game four. Game four, I thought was managed really wrong. I mean, I thought they brought some guys in that they shouldn't have brought in because I almost felt like we were, um, we have a lead. Uh, All of a sudden we lost the lead and this and that. And it was, wasn't managed like a game seven, the playoffs, you got to manage every inning, like a game seven, every game, like a game seven, like it's do or die. You can't think about, well, if we lose today, we still have tomorrow. You can't save your bullets. And I feel like we just, we threw some guys out there that we shouldn't have thrown out there and that haven't been in the playoffs. And, you know, at that time, and it was almost like, we just, you know, kind of like, well, I hope that he does well. And if we don't, you know, then we have tomorrow and it just didn't, it didn't happen that way. But I mean, here's the thing. Usually have your starting rotation. When you have depth, you've got guys in the minor leagues we're supposedly have one of the best farm systems. Don't we have anybody in the minor leagues anymore that can come up and make a good start and hold, hold it, hold their own and give us, you know, four or five, you know, innings and give up three or four runs in the big leagues. And we have an offense. I know you're shaking your head and all that, but it's just one of those things that, you know, if we get another like number two, number three starter, Mm -hmm. what, I mean, people are going to come into San Diego going, okay, it's a vacation city. You know they're a pretty good team, but they're not worried about anybody. They're not like—I mean, I remember when I played, and Clayton Kershaw was the number one guy. Everybody's like, "Man, like if you were had an off day and your 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 role guys facing Kershaw because it's a day game, it's a getaway. It's like great, I got this guy. You yeah. know, there's no there's nobody like that in the rotation. You Darvish is a great pitcher. Joe's a great pitcher. Snell can be a great pitcher, but you don't know what Snell's going to be. And you, Darvish is getting up there in age. He's he's really consistent. Joe is 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 kind of the same way. He's you know consistent Joe, but nobody fears anybody.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you know, going into Houston, just look at the World Series. It was you know Verlander. Everybody knew Verlander. You had a name. You know, other guys were better, but it was you had a name. You have names. You have. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now in Philly. Um, Wheeler. Wheeler. You knew about Wheeler. Okay, he's ready to go, but he's he's been up and down a little bit. You had guys that people really knew. Every team has a guy. We just don't have a guy. And we went out and got a bunch of guys and we traded, you know, our young, you know, gore that I wasn't a huge fan of, um, getting rid of. But you know, we got to have something in the farm system. We can't just have one stud pitcher in this farm system and nobody else. That's (laughs) where your debt comes from, is the farm system. That's where it comes from. Just to fill in that role, you know, you have one starter that goes down. You have a guy to come in and fill in for a couple of weeks. So, yeah,
1: well, I think a couple of things on that one We want controllable pitching because like you said, Borna, Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, they're gone after next year. So we want guys that we can lock up for the future as well. So is that done through free agency? And if we do that through free agency, we got to spend money, which doesn't allow us to potentially extend Soto if we want to do that or sign a power hitting first baseman or whatever else we want to do to retool. Um, So looking at the trade market, a guy like Corbin Burns, who I think becomes a free agent after the 2024 season, um, that's a guy who I think instills a lot of fear and a lot of teams. He's a lockdown pitcher, but at what price, right? Are you going to give up, you know, your entire farm? Are you going to give up your top prospects? Are you going to give up guys who are already in the bigs like Cronenworth and Grisham? I mean, I, I, don't necessarily know what that trade would look like because I know they're shopping right now and they're seeing, you know, what's available. And I've heard the same thing for the Rays too, that they could be looking for suitors. I mean, class now is a guy who came off Tommy John, who, you know, played a little bit at the end of last season. He'd be someone I'd be interested in looking at as well. But you're right, Heath. There's not any really buddy who instills fear yet because Zach Wheeler wasn't that guy. Carlos Rod- uh, Rodon was not that guy you know, early in their career until they had that one season that really put them on the map. Mm-hmm. I feel like Joe Musgrove is one lights out season away. And I thought it was this season, but he had a really bad second half from being that guy that everyone fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's,
0: it, it could be, but I just see Joe as like one of the best number two guys out there.
1: That's totally,
2: True. that's totally fair. And I think, I think the consensus would agree with you uh, on, on that, on that folk. I, I think what people are going to argue is people think Darvish was that guy this mm-hmm. year for the Padres. And, and he numbers wise, he proved it in the sample size. But I totally get what you mean, Heath. Like one of those elite, elite blue chip guys like a Max Scherzer, where you know you have no chance, right? Going yeah. against them on, on every fifth day. You know, we, Listen, we're going to find out what's going to happen in, in the coming weeks, months. We have winter meetings coming up shortly here in sunny San Diego. So it's going to be interesting. Now, I want to shift a little bit from the mounted talk about, you know, Offense, you know the Padres offensively were, were a tough team to figure out, and and it's crazy that they weren't even uh, you know in the top ten, top fifteen in home runs. That this team can continuously struggle to slug, yet found themselves three wins away from a pennant. So I mean, how did we get here? Number one, I think this offense was very much momentum based. Um, you know, they'd string together a few good quality at bats, and then they'd pass the baton down from one to nine. But I think what's going to need to change is this team is going to have to find slug. They had traded for Bell, they traded for Soto. You know, they they quite frankly, didn't get slug from those guys in which they thought they truly would. You know, we think Soto's going to have a bounce back here. But one guy that did provide them some slug was was Brandon Drury. And the Padres have a lot of questions. You know, what are they going to do at first base? Is Will Myers going to retire? That's something that, you know, it has been reported. Are they going to re-sign Drury? What about Jose Abreu talk? So, you know, Heath, I'll start with you. I mean, what do you think this team should do at first base? A very important position. And they don't have somebody who can play first base right now for this team.
0: You know, I like Brandon Drury there. Um, I think you could find first base within house because Coneworth has played over there. You could have Kim at second with Tatis coming back at shortstop. Um, you know, he had a really good season, solid season. You know, he, he's not a huge power guy, Kim, but you, they use so many first basements last year. It's almost like everybody could play first. True. So it's just one of those things that, you know, I, 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 It's one of those things. I like Coneworth at first base, but then you find a second baseman. A second baseman is a possibility. Is Kim going to hold it down or is he going to be your, you know, utility guy? So uh, is Tatis going to be the shortstop guy? Is Coneworth going to go to second? You could get Brandon to be the first baseman, sign him. Um, I don't think you need a big name first baseman. I think you need to clean up the outfield a little bit, as in get more consistent, you know, hitting, you know, just making contact with the ball. And then also believe, you know, the Padres, if they don't have a power guy, like say Kim and, you know, you know, Grissom didn't you know really show the power or whatnot. They got to really embrace the small game as like bunning the ball, hitting the ball to the other side, hitting run, hitting running with these guys. That's where the offense will, you know, spark a little bit. And then you have your big poppers like Tatis and Soto and, and Machado that can come through but we just need some guys. I felt like last year, Trent Grissom, you know, basically dominated in the first two rounds of the playoffs. And then he went completely cold. Like he pretty much did the majority of the year. We need somebody to stay lukewarm all year, you know, Mm -hmm. and then maybe get hot, but you can't be super hot and then super cold. Um, that's, that's what you need to look at. I mean, are you going to go with Trent Grissom and say, is he going to have a bounce back year? But if he doesn't, then what are you going to do? You can't just keep holding them on and say, well, it's going to happen. I mean, we need to find something there. So um, offense, first base, base—I think it would be nice, but I feel like you can have a lot of people play first base.
1: Yeah, I think you could also have a lot of people play outfield too. I mean, that's that's yeah. one of those things. I think with the outfield so far, we know one thing for certain, Juan Soto will be in our outfield. Will Trent Christian be on this team next season? I'm not 100% sure. Will Tati's be in the outfield? Also not 100% sure. There's been a lot of talks that, obviously, we have Cronenworth, we have Kim. I don't think those guys are going anywhere. But how are we going to use Kim next year? Because he proved himself to be a pretty good everyday shortstop as a defender, and he hit pretty well. Well, he's, we're going to have to start
0: the year off with Kim at short.
1: Exactly. for the for, Yeah, until 420, basically. Yeah. If he's on um, the team. Exactly. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I do really want to I, – I want – a first baseman, because you sure. look at all the teams that really compete every year in year out. Freddie Freeman, right? Yeah, they got good Paul Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, you know Pete Alonso. Like those are all playoff teams right now. That that Reese Hoskins. Like all these guys can mash. And Anthony Rizzo. Play first, Anthony Rizzo, exactly. So like with Eric Cosmer, we've had that. You know, we've had such a a poor representation at first base defensively and offensively that you know, we kind of are now so pedestrian with it. Be like, Oh, like, you know, that guy can play first base as long as he's not making errors. And like, he's like hitting, you know, one for four every day. Like I'm okay with it. And I want someone like Jose Abreu who hits at 300 every single season, you know, and that gets on base and can also hit for power. And it's just Mr. Consistent. I think that he'd be a perfect person to bring into San Diego. I don't mind Worth playing first base, but I feel like at first base, you need someone that can at least have a lot of pop. And, 20 plus home runs is something that I'd be looking for. And I don't know if Cronenworth is capable of doing that. So that's why being at second base, I think he's a gold glove. Second, second baseman in my eyes. I mean, he, he yeah, I think he's year. a
0: great second baseman. He's not a first baseman, but so you should,
1: you shouldn't move him over there unless like he's starting to get up there in age. And like, he needs to like, take some, you know, some time off, but you know, there's so many options out there. I mean, there was a, we'll probably talk about this eventually, but the fact that Preller is interested in trade Turner, like if that's the case, like, the whole offense needs to like look themselves in the mirror and say, well, what are we going to do with all these guys? Well, like yeah. how much
0: is he, how much is he going to cost? If we go get out and get in Turner,
1: 300 million.
0: So you could say,
1: you could say goodbye to extending Soto If that's the case,
0: the- uh, I don't know.
2: You never know with Peter Seidler. It's just, but that, but that's the, that's the point. Like, where does all this money start coming from? Right. The bad bunny concerts can only do so much to, to, to pay all these guys at, at, at Petco park. I mean, I mean, you bring up Jose Abreu and it's like, yeah, that's that, like, These are all good options, but the the main question is at what cost, right? You want to get Senga, you want to get Abreu, you want to get a guy in your outfield. I mean, this team already had a top five payroll going into 2022. The Tatis contract hasn't even kicked in yet, right? We're still paying Hosmer. We're still paying Hosmer. Abreu is probably going to want a two, three-year deal that's close to $50, $60 million over three years for a guy who's going to be 36 in January, right? We've already made the mistake of paying first baseman, and this is a guy who's six, seven years older than when we paid Hosmer. Now, I'm not comparing him to Hosmer. Abreu is showing that he's aging like fine wine, but you don't want to be in that situation where you pay him, and then he gets that significant decline here literally the year you bring him in, right? So that's a risk. I think Brandon Drury has a, a lot lower of a ceiling than Jose Abreu, but I think the risk considering financial ramifications makes a lot more sense. So, that, you know, I would lean Drury. People are now talking about Do this? should this team bring back Josh Bell? You know, his sample size is a lot greater than his lack of production was in San Diego. Maybe they can get, a, get him at a little bit of a discount if his market diminished a little bit, right, because of his, you know, bad stint. With the Padres, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to find options. The, the question is, where does this team want to allocate their resources? Do they want to allocate it with with better pitching? I know Heath said when it comes to depth, you know, it's got to be in your farm system. There's just not a lot of names right now that the Padres have because they they sent them all to Washington. You know, to to to, to get Juan Soto, and and you know, so it's going to be it's going to be really really interesting. So I want to ask both of y'all predictions. Who's the Padres opening day first baseman? Nick, I'm putting you on the spot first.
1: I really think it's going to be Jose Abreu. I think that they've made it a top priority. I think their top two top priorities are Senga and Abreu. And I you can never really predict what happens with the guys that come over overseas. You know, they could fall in love with the city or fall in love with the system or whatever it may be. You know, we were in on, um, was it Suzuki last year who ended up going mm-hmm. with the Cubs? So that, that's something, you know, I really thought that he was coming to the Padres. It could be the exact same situation with Senga, but... With Abreu, I think he really fits our culture. You know, just the Latin guys in the clubhouse uh, coming over to the West Coast and kind of just complementing this offense with Tatis coming back. I think Jose Abreu is going to be our first baseman.
0: I think it's going to be Brandon Drury. I really do.
1: Which I wouldn't mind.
0: You know, I just it's I just think he's good enough. Where I here's the thing: I think the Padres they need to spend the money. Where you know, are do they want to? do they want to extend soto if you really want to do that then we're going to have to get a one year two year deal at first base we're going to have to get another starter to a one two year deal and basically say we got this year and next year and then we'll we got to figure it out after that yeah you know we got point. this upcoming year like what is the main goal are we going to try to win everything and then let soto go you know or do we get the big piece this year do we go with an older first baseman? What? So it's hard right now to say what exactly the Padres are going to do, because we don't know exactly what they're thinking. If it was my team right now, I'd be like, let's win. We almost got there this year. What did we, what did we miss? Starting pitching was a huge key. We had some, you know, we need to fill up a few holes with the free agency or whatnot, but let's go get a first baseman. Let's go get an outfielder at a one-year deal and just, you know, piece it together but we need somebody to kind of hold the reins of starting rotation but i see what you guys are saying but if it was my team i would kind of let soto walk unless i'm going to trade tatis jr and see how he does next year if he doesn't do well or i don't like his attitude i would trade him and go and i'm pretty sure you're that's, going to get something for that
1: that's something and then you that, keep uh, soto. that's something i was actually wanting to talk about because if they're truly in on turner then they have to have probably have explored a trade for Tatis. And I know that Padres fans who are listening to this are probably going to hate me for saying it, but if it's possible, you can get a lot in return. Let's just say that you signed Turner for a $300 million deal. Let's say it's 10 years, whatever three, 10 years, yeah, center, just oh make it, a, make it a whole number, right? That's already saving money on Tatis because we haven't even paid the bulk of his salary and he's due 340 million. Now, if you basically just trade those salaries, you're, getting, you're taking on less money, you're taking on a proven player with not a ton of injury history, with not a ton of maturity issues, who is already kind of in his prime or at the pinnacle of his prime. And you also have Tatis that is massive trade ammo to anyone in the Major League Baseball. There's not a single team in Major League Baseball that would not check in on this trade. You can get whoever you want out of that farm system and then some, and probably some everyday starters as well.
0: So, here I got some for no you. chance. We go get Turner, right? <laughs> we, two options we could keep Tatis, put him in the outfield for like a year. And then, then you're paying three guys,
1: then you're paying three guys $300 million. And then Soto is going to be 400 the year after.
0: Or we trade them to and we go get Otani up, up the freeway just for a year. Your fan base will be unreal. You'll sell out just about every game. And first of all, we I don't want Trey for Otani unless He's a guys. Padre
1: for life. The only way I want Otani on this team is if he's a Padre for life. <laughs> I can't get him for one year and then walk. Well, I mean, I, here's the
0: thing: you you pick out it's either Soto or it's Otani, and you got to you got to pay one or the other.
1: Otani, I pick Otani. So
0: I'm just saying. And then you I'd got some solo. power. You got power.
1: Yeah, the first I,
0: baseman's glove.
2: I can't. I, I just can't. The, the idea of trading Tatis is just, it's still ludicrous to me. I mean, I, I, I there's, there's no way no, it's, it's gonna not going to happen. happen. It's, it's not, it's gonna not going to happen. And I think this, I really hope, and again, only time will tell, but I really hope this was the point where he's like, oh, okay, like I'm not that guy like i need to regain the trust of everybody back like you just hope right he got all the surgeries like that was the biggest thing for me this guy was super not like, i'm not going to get surgery i'm going to let natural herbs yada 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 heal me no he got two wrist surgeries he got the shoulders fixed like that was a big step in the right direction for him i totally understand the the, the, the fun idea of trading this guy but you guys, do we remember what fernando Tatis is he played literally 118 games in 2021 and he hit 42 home runs and it's a shortstop who you know everyone said it was bad defensively he had an awful april but was pretty clean defensively after that i mean i i just cannot trade this guy the, the question is it's going to be again you know where does the money come from if you want to extend Juan Soto and we've heard this team has they want to extend Juan Soto. They're working on it already. You're going to have over a billion dollars tied up to Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Juan Soto. We're the San Diego Padres, all right? A billion dollars tied to three players. I mean, that's unheard of. Remember,
0: 65 Finally, the Padres are going out and spending money that we've all known they will never do. Now we have some owners that are willing to you know, spend money to make money. And that's how you have to compete against, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox and now the Dodgers. So. Yeah,
1: that's how it happens. And yeah, where does the money come from? But at the same time, as a fan, it's not our money. Who gives a <laughs> shot? <laughs> it's not our money. If it's a rich it's monopoly money now. Yeah, if a, if a rich billionaire wants to go spend his dollars on a baseball team, let him do it. And if it's Peter Seidler, more power to him. You know, that's the guy that defeated cancer, you know. Um, you know his health's been in question. He wants to create a legacy. He wants to create a dynasty in San Diego and be the guy that brings Padres baseball, you know, to where it should be. So I don't blame the guy, and and you know, it's his money. So
2: yeah, and we're already we're, right now. This is this is the golden age of Padres baseball. I mean the, the the excitement around this city. I mean I'm going to Petco on a Tuesday night, seeing 45,000 people strong. I mean come on against Crazy. the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's it, it, it truly is. Uh, a, a crazy time to be a Padre fan. But listen, I was uh, – Heath, I'll tell you this story. I think I've told it to Nick. I was young, younger kid shooting hoops at, at the Como Valley Rec Center, and on the other side of me is A.J. Preller shooting hoops. You go. He, lo- he likes to play basketball a lot, and this was the – I think it was the winner of Otani and, and where he was going to choose. And he was telling me he was between the Angels and the Padres and never heard this guy want a player more in his life you know, wanting Shohei Ohtani. So I know you had brought it up. I had I, I read an interesting trade hypothetical where it could be centered around maybe Blake Snell and a few of the top prod prospects for Ohtani. But, I mean, do, do you actually think it's a realistic possibility that this team is going to try and trade for Shohei? Like, what do you think the Angels are going to do here? One year left on this guy's deal. The Angels are a mess. I don't see Ohtani coming back.
0: I just I, – I see Ohtani, the Angels trading, just trying to get young, trying to get prospects, trying to – the angels are like four or five years away from even contending. So they, they need some young, young guys. They don't need big name guys. Like Trent Grissom would be, I think, okay. Blake Schnell would be all right. But really, I think it's like some, like, you know, Grissom's young. He could, he could turn into something. He really hasn't been the potentials there and a bunch of minor league guys. And I think the angels will trade him before opening day or really before spring training starts. But um the angels are looking for youth, and they're trying to figure things out. I don't know what direction they're going at all. Yeah. So, but they're not looking to win this next year or two.
1: That's what I think they should do, but I don't think they're going to do it. I think it, I think they're the angels, and they're in this position because they're the angels. They, exactly. They, they they literally make the worst decisions in all of baseball. Well, they're they're the on Eagles. the selling
0: mark now. The owner, I think, realized I can't do it and I'm going to sell the team and hoping that somebody else will come and buy the team. And cause you know, you got Mike Trout. Yeah. But He's if that's just the, sitting there,
1: if that's the case, like then you milk the Otani hype as much as you can. Oh, right? I, just, I would just, just like, I mean, look at this pillow that I have, like people love it, <laughs> you know, like that, that guy, you can put his face on anything and you have a little entire country who's just going to back you no matter what, because he is a superstar in Japan. And that puts your team at the very top of the totem pole when it comes to viewership and when it comes to merchandising. So they're not going to be competitive, but I really don't think if they're going to trade them, I feel like they're going to trade them at the deadline. Cause that's so when here, they're going to have the most bargaining power.
0: It, what, let me put this scenario up there. Would you guys trade away basically the top prospects that we have for Otani for at least one year? And then we could possibly, you know, try to resign him or whatnot, but for one year, would you do it next year? Because here's my thing. Shortstop um you know you, what 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 top prospects are going to come play in the big leagues right. in the next 2 or 3 years because there's kind of a logjam a little bit yeah well,
1: we've got Jackson Merrill he's our number one prospect right now who plays shortstop obviously when he would come up he probably wouldn't be playing infield or Tatis wouldn't be but playing you could probably put it. him to
0: center field shortstops yeah. can pretty much play anywhere i mean even if you go out and get Turner he he when he i was a Washington National he was our center fielder
1: i think i'd i'd be willing to do it with with a, a year, full year guaranteed, and with the opportunity for there to be an extension talk, because he's two players. He's that yeah. pitcher that you're talking about that we need that instills fear, that still in people, and he's that slugging that you're talking about, Borna. He's literally two of the needs. Bunch, need.
0: He's going to put a bunch of people in the seats, and you know the TV ratings are going go way up. And trade everything,
2: trade everything, Shohei Ohtani, Jackson Merrill, Blake Snell, Trent Grisham, whoever whoever i mean we don't we don't we don't even really have that much something's gonna happen we, yeah i just don't think it's gonna happen but we don't have like a huge farm system really anyways it would have to come from our big league team as well some of those young controllable guys maybe even like a jake Cronenworth mentioned something to get an otani uh, jake which Cronenworth
0: would, got to stay here with the San Diego. he's got to i agree attack.
2: but that's probably what it takes right to to, to land an otani so uh i don't
0: think so. i don't think the angels are that smart I really don't.
1: <laughs> well, th- That's the thing. I don't think they're that smart. And so they're just going to like sit on their hands, and they're going like, to squander this opportunity to get capital for him. And they're just going to be like, yeah, we'll just let the rest of the season ride out. And they're going to end up with nothing. You that's know what? What's gonna end up really
0: what's going to happen is AJ needs to call me up, go hang out with the the, the uh, Angels GM. We'll go have some drinks. Yeah, I'll get the deal done.
1: All right, that's let's do it. You heard it first. You know, he's
0: not that smart. I can drink. I can drink a lot, unfortunately. But the thing is, we could get a deal done. We'll spend four or five hours at the bar. We'll write it down on napkins. We'll get the deal done.
1: What if he's sober? Then then what's your... What's then your I just
0: got to gotta say stupid things because he'll just... You know, <laughs> I don't know because I, I don't I think he makes he sober. deals. He, he, I don't think they make deals sober. I really don't. Yeah,
1: yeah, no. I doubt he's sober. He GMs the Angels.
2: I Guys, would. I want... I, I, I want to I want to leave it with with one question, and this this is one that everyone's talking about with, with Tatis specifically. I hear half of the Padres fan base saying, "Stop it! He's a shortstop. That's the only place I want to see him play." Other people saying, "Throw him in right field. Throw him in center field. Protect his shoulder. He doesn't have the right to be the shortstop with with Kim's <laughs> production." Where, where where do you guys want to see Tatis play? You know, when he comes back next
1: year on the field, I'll I'll, I'll say I'll say what Bob said in the lineup. Or or AJ, I think he said, yeah, in the lineup. I just want to see him play. I don't care where he plays.
0: I think Tatis needs to be the shortstop. You know, if you have an arm issue and then you go to the outfield, that's actually more stress on your arm to make that harder throw without really warming up um, and flipping the ball around. Because you know, when you somebody strikes somebody out, infield throws the ball around, the outfield doesn't do anything. They just stand there and they maybe swing their arm around or whatnot. But they got to come up and fire a ball at ninety five, one hundred miles an hour in after catching a ball and probably not really throwing it for a while. So I I see him as a shortstop. I just hope he matures a little bit more and takes it a little bit more seriously, the off season. And if he does, Tatis is going to be that player that we all hope and dream and think he will be. But if Tatis just keeps going the way he's acting, I'm telling you in a year or two, everybody's going to say, let's trade his ass.
1: So, yeah, I, I could see him being in a role with like Kim or maybe, You go, Tatis at shortstop two games. Then he DHs with Kim at shortstop one game. Tatis at shortstop two games, and Kim comes in for one game. Same thing with Machado, too. Like, Kim can just spell any of our infielders whenever they need to be off. But, but like, I want Kim to be in, like, a 100-plus games this season. Like, I want him to be on the field for a 100-plus games.
0: Yeah, I I, same way. I mean, with the DH – Totally, Kim needs to be in there anytime you know those guys need a day off or whatnot. But he needs to be play defense, you know, at least eighty of them. Of let's also rem- you
2: know? let's also remember as well that the shift is not going to be here in in twenty twenty two, which is going to be very very crucial for some pole hitters. Um, you know, Trent Grisham. Trent we'll see if he's on the team. But yeah, I mean, that's why that's why I wanted somebody like Anthony Rizzo or somebody who's a, you know pretty big time shift uh, who hits right into the shift. So I I think that's going to be something really key. But yeah, let's remember Tatis is literally 23 years old and it's, uh, it feels like it's been a, a decade long story with this guy and it's, this he's literally 23 years old. 90 percent of our prospects are younger than him in our systems. I mean, older than him in our systems. So it's uh, just to put it into perspective, Tatis and Soto are both 23, looking like potentially they may be keys to this this San Diego animal for for years to come, gentlemen. But uh, you know, that's really it on my end. It should be a a crazy year, but before that, it should be a crazy offseason. I mean, it's been a little bit quiet as of late, but you know, AJ Preller's not sleeping, and you know. We always are going to be talking about names, and then probably is going to pull something out of his bag that is we were not talking about
1: at all.
0: What about Joey probably. Votto? I don't know. If what about what,
1: too old? No, but he, he
0: plays a great defense, and he's a professional hitter, and he yeah. can actually teach our guys how to hit.
1: Then, then make him our hitting coach. I mean, <laughs> I, I want some. I want some in the lineup who's gonna who is gonna instill fear, like a, a first baseman that hits three hundred every single season. So O'Brien. you want offense? I want pitching.
0: I need to start in pitching. If you want the Padres to go farther, we need to start in pitching.
1: We we need it all. I mean, there's a prior, There's definitely a list of priorities. Starting pitching is probably number one. And then first base number two, you still got an outfield position to to take care of as well. I mean, you're losing Will Myers potentially, and Profar, and you have maybe even questions at catcher with no yeah, I don't think Nafara. Profar comes back. I don't think yeah. Profar
2: comes back. That's fine.
1: There's, a, I mean, DH. Like, what are you going to do there if, if it's not you know the well? That you right there. You me.
0: said it was Kim. Yeah, yeah maybe. You, know, we'll you bring you bring Jury back for first base. Do we, do we bring Voight back? Look. Maybe Luke Voight.
1: Like he got not tendered. Luke Voight, bring him back.
0: I could see AJ doing that. I mean, he brought five first basemen for opening day. Yeah. So, I mean, vault's not, Vo- it's not a bad guy to put, bring bring back, put, bring him to first base. And then you just deal with an outfield position. There you go. Yep. I mean, I could see I could see AJ finding a generic first baseman and a generic outfielder. And then, you know, he goes out and gets, you know, uh, I would say average starting pitcher and say, okay, there we go. We'll yeah. deal with stuff during free agency. Or if we, if we need something during the trade deadline, we'll go get it like we did last year.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, I could see him doing something like that, but who do we have in the farm system? I, I would love to see the Padres farm system and not see just the prospects. And maybe, maybe there's a power guy, you know, in the, in the minor leagues that isn't, isn't hitting for average.
1: Yeah, but, there was a guy. There was a guy that we traded to Washington named James Wood, who I thought was going to be the slugger for for years to come, but eh, he's gone now.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Like I told you this past year, name one organization that had the best farm system that won a World Series. They trade everybody away to win a World Series. That's true. What
1: happens. I feel you. So, and I, I think is. we're really
0: close. We just need. I mean, yes, we do need a little bit more offense, mm-hmm. but we need a starting pitcher. We just that we just need that.
1: Yep. Well, Nick th-
0: come and start. He did a great job.
1: Yeah, I think he will. I think he will. It's about to go down then. Winter meetings. I'll tell you that. So we'll we'll have to check in again and see what happens after all the smoke is settled.
2: I will be there at the winter meetings. Should be a, a very fun time meeting with people and, and trying to get a little bit of a scoop like like we did last year. We'll be working on it. But Heath and Nick, it was always a pleasure, gentlemen. It's going to be a as we said a crazy off season. And uh, we'll be sure to do more of these on the channel. And go make sure you guys go check out their podcast as well. Ring the bell on the Believe In Network. Awesome guys talking about the San Diego Padres. More collapse to come in the future. And, again, it's going to be an absolute movie here in the Gaslamp in 2023. Gentlemen, thanks for your time.
0: Take care. Bye.
1: And There you have it, y'all. Nice little off-season primer with Hogwatch, Heath Bell, myself. Make sure to check us out. Like, subscribe to the podcast. We're going to try to bring you as much off-season news as possible on a weekly basis. And then getting ready for a great Padres 2023 season. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Padres.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.